I want to be a cowboy, baby. Sing it with me, here we go. It's Batman season, it's Batman season. Oh, come and bring a friend, cause it's Batman season. Batman season, it's Batman season. Oh, come Batman season. Kia ora, everybody. Welcome to episode two. And appearing on episode two is Carolina-born, southern-raised, Auckland-living Jake. Kia ora, bro. Welcome to episode two. How are you feeling? I'm feeling well, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, bro, it's an absolute honor. Um, how are you feeling about being the very first guest? Uh, it's 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 amazing, bro. Um, when I was driving down here, I was thinking, you know, I I will I'll have to set the bar, and hopefully, like I set the bar, okay. Um, I hope I do well. I mean, I it's to be fair, man. It's just an honor to be here. It's an honor to to be able to be on this platform with you and and speaking. So good. Well, hey, it's it's been beautiful getting to know you over the past month. You work. Um, with our young people here on the Hibiscus Coast doing yeah. some doing some teaching through an alternative education yeah. um, unit. And it's so good to see what you're doing in the classroom already in your, what, three days? Yeah, three days You've been in. doing it? Three days in, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that going for you? It's, to be fair, man, it's... Um it's definitely went past all my expectations because, you know, you know, you, you read it on paper and you think, OK, this is what it looks like. You know, contract said it's going to be um, same workload as a teacher. It's going to be, uh, well, you know, just that, I guess. But every day has been amazing. Like, you know, once again, being in, in alternative education, it's um, it's the kids that didn't fit the mold. Yeah. And every day is different with them. You know, every day you have to figure out what to do, how to make things applicable, how to make things real for them so that when they walk out of the classroom, uh, they're successful in life. Yeah. You know, ultimately, the reason why I even took the job is because I wanted to help rewrite the narrative that they were saying to themselves. Wow. You know? Yeah. So good, bro. And thank you for what you do. Thank it's you. noble. It's honorable. And Thank we couldn't you. have had someone better to do that for our young people Thanks, man. on the coast. Thank you so much. How good. Well, well, Jacob, give us a bit of a narrative as to who you are. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, um, uh, you know, as you said, um, I am North Carolina born, Southern raised. So I, to be, to be honest, I've only lived in New Zealand since February. Um, and the first couple of weeks of that, I was in lockdown and I was in MIQ and um, I, I never thought that I would be here. Uh, but a little bit about me. Um, I was born in North Carolina, um, raised in a very Christian home. I was, I was born on a Sunday morning. I was probably in church Sunday night. You know, my fondest memories as a young kid were running through the pews, playing hide and seek in the bathrooms. You know, I was always at church growing up because my parents were heavily involved. Um, but I moved around a lot. So from North Carolina, I moved to Tennessee. That's, that's at least for me where I... Um, believe that I found home and as well uh, that's where I really started to invest into church that's where I found music it's where I started serving um, then I moved up to Washington DC and and to be fair that was probably the the hardest time that I've had um, as a young person growing up it, it, my environment completely changed going from a really small southern town um, even just being in, in, I would say, in the Southern culture, in the Southern environment, moving up to D.C., where it was a extremely multicultural, large, fast-paced city, it, it was very different. It was very different. Um, I was sick with mono for nine months, uh, experienced hardcore depression. Um, I had to do school online. It Life was, life was hard. Um, 
but we made it through. We only lived there for about a year, like I said. And then we moved over to Colorado where I graduated school. And um, once once I graduated there, I had this crazy God encounter where, uh, to, to be fair, I, I, I was kind of running from it, um, running from what I believe to be a calling for a long time. Um, and God just spoke to me really clearly. And so after that, I moved over to Sydney, Australia, uh, where I lived for five years. So that, that's where I was living before here. Um, I studied at Hillsong College for three years. Uh, I did um, our pastoral stream there. I also did our uh, songwriting stream for a year. But yeah, bro. And that led us, that led me here. I mean, I, I had um, the amazing honor of marrying my girlfriend that I was dating through college. Her name is Grace. Come on. So we, yeah, we've been married for almost two years now. It'll be two years in October. Um, hey, babe. Um, I love you. Hope you're listening. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so that's a little bit about me, bro. Like right now, uh, I guess we're just, we're just loving life. Um, in our marriage, obviously like we got married right before COVID, right? Which is pretty crazy. We were lucky. We got married right before kind of the cutoff where everyone else started to have to push their weddings back. So we, we got married in, in um, October of 2019, then moved back to Sydney or I'm sorry, came back to Sydney. Um, and then everything just shut down, which is pretty crazy. But we were just lucky that we got through that. Um, obviously, during that time, I had lost my job. She kept her job. She was working at Lululemon at the time, um, which they did an amazing thing for all of their staff. They kept them all on and actually still paid them a wage of their average hours, which was really crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, but now we both have two full-time jobs. We bought a car, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of good things are happening for us and that's, that's kind of where we're sitting right now, which is good. So good, man. Yeah. And I guess you, you sort of answered my next question around how did you get here? You know, life, yeah. faith, New Zealand, um, interpret that as you will, but if you can add some thoughts to that, how did you yeah. get here? Even here in the seat in yeah. the Batman season studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I was actually having this conversation uh, a few days ago when, um, when Grace and I were dating, she asked me, you know, would you ever move to New Zealand? And I said, absolutely not. I, I to me, like I saw New Zealand as the land of sheep and Hobbiton and, and that's about it. And I didn't really ever see any opportunity here. Um, but I think there just got to this point in Sydney where I'd actually just gotten fired from a job. Um, I got fired. Our car got hit by a drunk driver while it was parked. So it got totaled, bro. It was cooked. And um, my parents had been going through a really rocky time. And, and I just found out that they were divorced finally. And it felt just one thing after another, after another. And I was sitting down and I was thinking, okay, God, you know, what's, what's our next step? And, um, and I thought, well, maybe we should move. And then I came to Grace and I asked her and I, because, you know, obviously we had been doing this journey together. Um, and I, sorry to give you context. Um, this is actually while we're married, you know, during COVID go during COVID time. So I came to her after getting fired and having all that stuff happen. And she was like, well, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, but maybe we should move. And it kind of just came in line to what I was thinking. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We originally were actually going to move in November because we had some close friends that were getting married in December here. Um, which Grace was a bridesmaid for, 
but unfortunately, because of MIQ and because of all the rooms available, we actually could not get a flight. Um, so, yeah, got got here in February, man. Got here in February and been loving it ever since. Obviously, like moving and moving countries is always a massive transition. It's finding new community. It's finding new friends, new church to be a part of and, and reintegrating yourself into a brand new culture. Um, and that's, once again, that's, that's where we met. You know, I, I think I found you on Instagram, um, because you had been working at Funga, uh, at Funga Pro Baptist at the time. Um, and yeah, I just, I followed you because I thought <laughs> the best way to push our friendship is for me to follow you on Instagram and know what's going on in your life. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely counted it honor to work with you every day. Wow. Well, thank you, Jake. We yeah. love, I love that you are here. I love that I get to see you every day in the office and mm. you're such a joy to have. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, that's a awesome premise and some great context as to who you are. Yeah. I feel like I just read the novel of your life up until now. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Of course. Now, Jake, there's a there's a topic that you feel very passionately about. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, navigating being a Christian and having a relationship with Jesus in such a busy, chaotic day and age. And I guess mm. the tensions of of what society feeds us every day, whether that's through media messages, whether that's through social media or opinion leaders, you know, celebrities or or our role models and the people that we look up to. Mm. And I guess what are the, te the tensions with being a Christian in today's day and age? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, and I guess, I guess I'll premise everything that I say with I'm still learning. Yeah, that's good. And I'm still growing. And I'm only young, but I think being a young person in today's day and age, being a Christian, you know, like we live in this, we live in this realm of the upside down kingdom, you know, where we read our, we read the scriptures and it says, um, to love your neighbor, to turn the other cheek. Uh, not to lust, not to look after someone with envy. You know, we read all these, we read all these things and then we walk into our workplace or, or we walk into our, our circle of friends at school and it says the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that like every, every time that we walk in there, obviously we had this opportunity to be a light, but I think that there was a tension in that because ultimately we want, you know, we're, we're young people or, or I guess we're just, we're people in general, yeah. you know, like we want to fit in, we want to be accepted, but yet there's this tension of the culture, um, that we're being told and how we should act, how we should think, how we should dress, um, how we should even enter a room, what we should think of ourselves. Like there's, 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 uh, I guess being a Christian there, there's a tension about a lot of things, but I think always going back to the scriptures, always going back to that quiet time with Jesus and finding yourself um, hidden there will allow you to navigate those things a lot better. Um, because I think, well, you know, I actually don't think that there is one, one way to navigate these things. You know, you have to, you have to approach them all at a different angle, whether that be, you know, that once again, the people that you're with, the context in which you find yourself. Um, I think you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. However that looks. And I, I think a lot of people think that it's this whole, um, parting in the clouds 
holy, you know, dove moment. But I actually, I heard a pastor once say that, um, that voice, that little voice that we actually have inside our heads that we like to call our conscience is actually not a conscience. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit leading us forward. And, um, yeah, bro, I think with everything going on in today's day and age, listening and being led by the Holy Spirit, however that looks for you as an individual, um, is the right way to go about it. That's so good. Mm. What do you think is broken in our culture and and how does that continue to affect us? And and what can we do as Christians to be part of restoring that? You know, what are messages or, or things that people are hearing that you think is just turning people away from what could be for them understanding, you know, who they are mm. and their purpose in Him? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think ultimately, like, humanity is broken. Yeah. That's what's broken in our culture is that it's run by humanity, you know? Um, so we're naturally flawed. Yeah. And I think as well, I should say that our culture has evolved to where it is. Like, it's it's not just that it dropped out of the sky. Like, it's it's evolved from the, from the culture in the 50s and the 60s and our parents and how our grandparents taught our parents and then how our parents taught us, you know? And, um, and I think that, we can't obviously change this natural progression. Um, but I would say that if I had to put my finger on something, um, I would say that our culture really idolizes consum- consumerism and it also really idolizes greed and the, the dehumanization of people. Um, and I guess I can, I can kind of break these things down because when you sent me this, like when you sent me some, some potential ideas of, of, of questions, I thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'll talk about social media. Maybe I'll talk about consumerism or, you know, whatever. But I think um, if we go on our Instagram and we just start scrolling, like naturally we are going to pick out the things in people's pictures that we don't have. Like, oh, he has this nice car that, and I drive a hoopty. Like I drive a lemon <laughs> um, that I got on the cheap. Or like, um, oh, this guy has the nicest clothes. Like, oh, Jerry Lorenzo has the sickest outfits. And it's true. And he's worked really hard for those. And that's amazing for him. But I think that it's like the the narrative that we're being told right now is, is get it, is to buy it, is that it should be yours, that you shouldn't actually have to work that hard for that. Um, get it on Afterpay, put it on your credit card, do all that, right? Um and I think that that's telling our young people, and to be fair, like really anyone, I think it's telling them the wrong narrative because we're getting uh, we're getting this red kid. Uh, I'm sorry, um, David Ramsey actually calls it the red face kid syndrome. Wow, where it's like I want it now, I deserve it now. I'm not going to wait for it. I'm going to get it. So, and it, it was crazy. I was actually um, we were going through this um, sermon series called Ching at the church that I go to. And um, Pastor John was talking about how Afterpay can really get a hold of you. And he was saying, next time you go out to the mall, look at, at, at all the Afterpay ads that are flashing all around you, that are on signs, that are everywhere. And I and Grace and I went to go get some running shoes because we're training for this half marathon, right? Um, and inside of the like the shoe store that we were that we were in, there was a constant loop 
of this Afterpay ad. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's so true. Cause then you walk down and you see on, on the glass windows, you see Afterpay or, or, um, you know, on the screens, it'll say Afterpay or even like on commercials, it's, it'll talk about it. And it's this whole idea of, of give it to me now. And I think it's taught our young people that they have to keep up or they're lost. And it's this, it's actually like quite a sad narrative, you know, because even with the kids in my class, you can see them wanting what Kylie Jenner has or Kendall Jenner or the influencers that they scroll and and look at 24-7, you know. And obviously, like a lot of those things are going to be really hard for them to get. And so then they think that their worth gets tied up in this consumerism and it leads them down a bad path. Um, now, I also spoke about the, the dehumanization of people. And I guess when I was thinking about that, um, a memory actually popped into my head. And um, I remember my mom and dad, when, when we were actually living back in Tennessee, they went to Jamaica and they told me once that they, um, they were riding on the back of a scooter and they saw a man laying on the ground. And a while after they had driven by, they asked the tour guide what that man was doing. And he said he was shot and killed and he was just laying there on the ground and it didn't phase them. And now I'm not saying that that's actually like what's wrong with our culture right now, but, but I'm saying like what we are intaking into ourselves right now, I think is, is pretty crazy. Um, I think that we are consuming so much that it's actually dehumanizing, um, like our, our, our brains, like for instance, you know, kids nowadays, and I think there's even some statistics that, that prove this as well. Um, they have a hard time being in social environments because they're so used to being on their phone and communicating with people on, on their phone that they have a hard time meeting new people, right? We are dehumanizing others because of the device, like because we're just always on our device. And once again, I'm, I'm the last person that'll say that like social media or like electronics are evil because they're inc incredible, um, incredible pieces of equipment to use. But like the fact that we can basically watch soft pornography on Netflix or even just like pornography on Netflix speaks volumes to where we're at in society where you can go like anyone, a seven-year-old can go on Netflix and watch sex life and see all that and almost like de dehumanize in a way. And, you know, I, once again, and I guess this is kind of going down a rabbit hole, but it's like, you know, People say, oh, you know, well, those people are valid too. Like those people who, who do that, you know, do that stuff are valid too. And 100% they are. But look at where we've come. Like look at kind of where we've gotten to and what we are now speaking to our youth of today and to our culture of today. Um, and I think that that's kind of where we've gone astray. I think that that's where in culture things have broken, you know, um, because things like fashion trends in our culture, you know, they always come back around.
but stuff like mindsets um, and actions, it almost seems like we're getting deeper and deeper into this hole and we need to find our way out, you know? So good, man. I just really want to touch on, on the first part, which was social media. Mm. And I think I heard this somewhere, or maybe I had a conviction and maybe I'm just really smart. Yeah. Um, but I remember scrolling through Instagram and having the thought that I'm scrolling through the highlights of other people and comparing it to my lowlights. Mm. There's, there's going to be continued people who are throughout the day or in bed at night scrolling through Instagram and, and people are posting highlights and living their best life. Cause who posts the bad stuff? Totally. Who posts the fact that, yeah, I got a new phone, but, um, my parents are getting a divorce. Like you don't post that stuff. You're only going to post the things that will make you look good. It's Mm. such an intrinsic platform. But as you say, I don't believe technology is evil, but the things that we do with it are. Yeah. And, and I guess even on that, like we don't intend for them, for them to like mess anyone up, No, you know, like when I, whenever I post on social media, I'm not posting so that, you know, uh, old mate over here feels bad about himself. I'm, but I'm posting like things that, that I enjoy. And I think that people naturally will like, I think there's actually, once again, sorry, I didn't do my research um, on this, but there's a natural inclination for you actually to be negative. And so when you see these things, it's like, oh, well, like you said, he this he got this new phone and my life sucks. Um, it's so yeah, you're right. It's it's very natural for us to go down that path. Totally, and 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 naturally as humans, it's it's this whole comparison thing. And mm. I don't know if you've heard too much whilst being um, in New Zealand around how we have such a terrible tall um, poppy syndrome, mm. or if you know anything about that, it's we see someone doing so well and actually achieving so much that we um, as Kiwis, I'll say for the whole nation that that we like to pull people down back to our level mm. when actually we should start celebrating the good that happens, but it's just totally. a natural inclination that we have because um, we aren't motivated or willing enough to even try for ourselves. And I think that's a reality mm. for some people, but you know, comparison will forever be the thief of joy. Oh, 100%. You know, as we, as we compare ourselves to, to other people with what they have, with who they are, with what they're achieving, comparison will be the thief of joy. And I just really want to touch on how you said that we want things now. It's yeah. an instant. That's why it's called Instagram. You take a photo, it's posted, it's done, it's finished. Mm. It's instant. And I think to take it down another track is the idea about our relationship with God. You know, right. the things that he promises for us, the blessings, the overflow, um, and just the promise that he has for each and every season. And we're going through this particular thing. Maybe there's a circumstance in life or or a situation we're battling with. And, and it says in scripture, um, that for I know the plans I have for you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, I don't feel like that right now. Hmm. I don't feel good. Well, I'm going through things pretty hard. And, and it's this instant gratification from, from, from saving us from what we're going through. Yeah. Um, but the reality is we need to serve our season. Totally. And be faithful with that. And to reference um, episode one, it's like using what's in our hands. Mm-hmm. It's actually being thankful and faithful with the much or or the little that's in front of us and trusting God with what we have. And sometimes we look at our situations and our seasons and it's just like, well, Lord, I have nothing in my hands right now. Yeah. But you have him. And with what he's placed in your hands, 
it'll forever be more than enough because he's the one who's placed it there. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it, and I think as we, as we go through this consumeristic culture, there's this temporary satisfaction that will always be fulfilled, but it will only last five seconds. Totally. It will only last a little bit. Totally. Things that we buy, things we chuck on afterpay. You know, we have this thing now, but we have the um, the six weeks of payments that we have to do. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, sure, we have this thing in front of us, but yeah. it's this thing that we're constantly paying for in the background because it was never ours. Totally. And by the, by the end of those six weeks, you're probably on to the next thing. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. <laughs> it's all done. It's yeah, finished. Exactly. Oh, so good. But I guess we've looked at some pretty some pretty heavy stuff mm. in our culture and some things that really do affect a lot of people. But I guess if, if there's something that could reconcile that, you know, what is what is some what is some good in our culture that we can, you know, that we can promote, that we can protect yeah. and that we can celebrate, you know, that there's maybe particular situations, morals or values that that we as Christians, we look at what society is feeding us and we're like, yeah, we back that. That's totally, so sick. totally. Yeah, you know, I think that we have an incredible awareness right now. As a society, we are extremely aware of all the uh, the things that are progressing in our world. Um, and it, like I would say, I, you know, especially with right now, we're very highly aware of social justice and we're also highly aware of inclusion of all people. And, and I guess in that I do give a nod to social media because it is an incredible, um, marketing tool to get news across, right? Like I know for Grace and I, um, when the black lives matter movement was going, going on and obviously still is going on, but when, when, um, it was at peak. Exactly. Yeah. When it was at the peak and, and we were watching the, um, George Floyd videos when, um, Breonna Taylor, um, when all of that happened, social media was where we got all of our, all of our news. You know, we were following, um, Sean King, you know, we were following, um, the shade room. We were, we were following these accounts that actually, uh, we could get the real information on. And I think that that's something that we actually should be really proud of. Now, I, I, I will say that we, um, we've actually found ourselves going down this woke theology trail as well. Um, with that, like being so aware and I was doing a bit of research on on that. And I think as Christians, we have to be aware of what, um, what scripture actually says, but be really proud of where we've come as a society. Like the fact that more people are standing up against racism right now than ever is amazing. You know, the, the fact that we are standing up to people who will not include or who, who will not um, welcome or love people is amazing. I mean, scripture says itself, you will know me by your love. Wow. They will know me by your love. You know what I'm saying? And like Jesus was the one that hung out with the prostitutes. He's the one that would have hung out with the transgender kid at lunchtime. He would have been the one that hung out with the poor kid that had awful shoes you know like right now i think that we're doing an incredible job and we're only going to get better and it is an uphill battle it is an uphill slug but we will get better and it has gotten better and it is going to continue to get better um and i i really think that 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 we should champion that in our society today totally and i think Something I believe about Jesus, and this is something so beautiful that actually gets me every single time I, I even think about it or just say it, but, you know, Jesus didn't come for um, behavior transformation, but
but he came for heart reformation. Totally. That the the function of the being of who he was wasn't so that he told people off for the way that they were behaving, but that they would actually understand the reality of who he is. Mm. And I think the grace that we have today as Christians is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 100%. As you say that they will know him by our love, that we get to be other representatives on the field for him. Yeah. You know, he's not currently roaming around right now, but he is so evident, tangible, and real in who we are, in our character, in our behavior, and just how we love people. Mm. And I so love that we get to be um, just a representative. Like I want a little name tag that says, Sam, employee of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just love the fact that we get to partner with it. We don't yeah. have to, or we're not forced to, but we get a choice to say, no, Jesus, I love you so much that I will be your hands and feet um, in my workplace. Totally. You know, in my family, in my friend group. Um, with the boys who don't necessarily know you yet, I get to be your representative. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, he even said to the to the disciples themselves, you know, um, a doctor isn't there for the healthy. A doctor's there for the sick. And that's exactly what he came to do. He came for the sick. He came for the hurting and the broken. And that's that's who draws close to Jesus. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I think the, I guess the last thing I would love to focus on with you is we've talked about what's what's broken. Mm. We've talked about the things that are so good that we as Christians really get to um, celebrate. But what's missing in our culture? What's that puzzle piece that is missing to complete that picture within our, within our culture that we as Christians, um, I guess, should partner with in a sense? What do we get to do to fill in that missing piece in our culture? Yeah. You know, I think that um, it is hard to put a finger on it, and that's why it's missing. Wow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I knew, totally. we'd, we'd probably bring bring awareness to it. But I think, and once again, I would say that it varies from person to person, but I would say that, like, right now... Um, something that I wish we did have a bit more of a spotlight on is our battle against sexual slavery and pornography. Because even in my class, oh my gosh, like even in my class, I hear guys talking about what they watched or that, uh, you know, people finding themselves in, in what they do, like on OnlyFans and stuff like that. And, and I would say even that has become a really, um, big part of our culture nowadays is like guys and girls going off and getting these only fans because they, they can't get a real job and then they can't support themselves or that they, they can't make their car payments. And then we almost celebrate that in a way. And I think that we, um, they needed the money to pay off a house. It's, it's insane. And, um, I follow things like Exodus cry or even, uh, she's, um, or I'm sorry, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, I can't even think of it right now. It's an organization outside of Salt Lake City. Um, fight the New Drug. I'm sorry, uh, Fight the yes, New Drug. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's an amazing organization. They they even have their own podcast as well, and they are growing. So I think that the spotlight is coming on them. Like I know right now, Exodus Cry is actually having a massive lawsuit battle against Pornhub. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wow. crazy because there have been so many women come out against um, these guys and basically say like, uh, what you're showing is, is the video of me like getting sexually assaulted and the spotlight is coming on that. And I think our culture nowadays glorifies and idolizes and romanticizes sex. Um, 
which once again, as a Christian, oh man, it does it, it, it only makes things harder. You know, we are called to live a pure life, a holy life. But once again, we walk out into the world and oh my gosh, it seems like every billboard we pass on, um, on the motorway is for like a sex shop yeah. or for like, you know, something dodgy. And, um, I, I hope and pray that, that more and more attention gets brought to these issues. Yeah. Um, because it's going to leave a lot of people with a lot of trauma and it's going to leave a lot of space for a lot of conversations to be had. And so I think that that's, that's kind of where our, our missing pieces are is um is shining a bit more light onto that area sweet bro where i really hope um that you feel well equipped to attack all that <laughs> <laughs> um you're going to change the world and you're going to do some Thanks, stuff man. with that but i love the fact that um there are amazing people around the world who see this issue yeah who know about it and are doing something about it mm. now jake just to finish off what is one thing you would like to you'd like to leave on uh, you know bro i would say in all of this it's it's actually something that, that I read this morning. Um, it's not about the outcome. It's about the process. Wow. Yeah. It's not about the outcome. It's about the process. And for a good chunk of this morning, I was kind of pondering on that. And I was thinking, you know, what does that actually look like in my life? Because you, you actually mentioned on it a couple, uh, a couple of minutes ago, ultimately about trusting God with our everyday. Yeah. Um, you know, why am I not here, God, when the Bible says this, or why have I not beaten this addiction Yeah. when I see all these sermons online and it says, oh, this is how you, you know, beat this or you do that. And I think if, if it was that easy, everyone would be perfect and we wouldn't need God. And so know that every day is just about the process. And it's something that I, I'm ultimately, bro, I'm, I'm preaching this to myself so that when I listen back, I can get encouraged. But um, yep. it's it's about the process, not the outcome. And you're doing far better than you think you are. And um, God's proud of you. That's it. Yeah. Wow. What a note to leave on, Jake. You did an amazing job. Thank you for your insight. Thank, Thank you, you for your wisdom. Um, and that you've gone away and have thought about this and consulted um, the big man about what you really wanted to say. Mm. And I guess the last thing I really wanted to say was, 